Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Topic of the day, Iowa Caucus 2023. I believe universally and unanimously, Donald Trump is the forefront and the leader. And um, I'm not going to say told you so, Chris, but I haha told you so. And I'm going to be doing that a lot, apparently, in this, this primary. Uh, but we're going to be talking about all the cool things with the Iowa Caucus. And we're going to be doing... Our VP picks, which I already discussed my VP pick the last time, which I'll say it again, but I think there's other candidates as well that have been coming to the forefront and being good candidates. And uh, Chris, I appreciate you joining me. I know it's been a great, great beginning of the year. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. I know we've been off for a little while. Life gets in the way, so the holidays do. All the fun stuff that goes with it. Uh, Chris, I hope you had a good New Year. Hope everything's going well at the Casa to Chris and uh, you know, it's uh, been a tough week for us, us two as the two Oh threes finest lost one of our good ones. And uh, once a Lancer, always a Lancer. And uh, I hope everyone's doing well back home. Yes, sir. Yeah, no, it's uh good to, good to be back here for what'll be uh who knows how this year is going to go. <laughs> I think everyone, <laughs> I think everybody, you know, when, when the clock struck midnight on uh you know, December 31st, 2023 and hit January 1st, 2024. Everyone's like, I think everyone's looking around the corner, wondering what's going to happen this year. And obviously there's a, there's a big day in, uh, you know, about 11 months, you know, 11 months away here that are 10 months away that many of us are going to be very, very interested to see what happens. And uh, at the beginning of this awesome podcast, yes, I introduced ourselves but i completely screwed up and i talked about another project of mine that i'm working on that's becoming a long odyssey and that's what it actually is to me actually it's a growing trend and i think it's important that on election days no matter if they're local state or federal you make sure you go out and show your do your due diligence and your civil duty and you vote for who you think is right. And that goes with all elections, local and state and federal. That being said, this topic is a fun topic. It's the beginning of the 2023 or 24 primary season. Uh, Obviously, Donald Trump is involved. Ron DeSantis, bird brain Nikki Haley. We We have Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, Chris Christie, Ron Burgum, you got them all. And I think collectively, Chris, one man rose above all the contenders in Iowa. And I believe the metaphor of laying the smack down on all their candy asses and stomping a mud hole and walking it dry came to fruition here as using wrestling synopsis and similes 
Donald Trump just beat the shit out of everybody. Chris, I don't know how else to put it. I can't put it as kindly than that. Ladies and gentlemen, the man won 98 out of 99 counties and lost the only other county by one single vote. Let's just get into that. Chris, I don't mean to... We're not going to just going to... We're going to jump right into this because I, I don't see a path forward out of this. And I think we, we can go through the list of results here. You know, Chris, I, if you, you might have the results pulled up here yeah. on the exact percentages here. But it, it is by far, by the way, legendary because the last time someone won by this large a margin was who? Chris, I believe it was. George W. Bush. Not by Sorry. this margin. Sorry. I'm actually looking here as as we speak. That was something I should have pulled up for the before we started. Um said Jimmy Carter. Cor- yes. Previous record was set in 1972 by former president by former president uh says George Bush for some reason. Jimmy Carter, who won with forty one percent according to, to data from the Des Moines public uh library. All right. So let's kind of get into the, the coolness of it here. And you're looking at the same results as I am, probably. Different websites, they all kind of have the same numbers. So it's not a winner take all on the delegate count and the delegate count. It's a uh proportion based on the vote. So in this case, Donald Trump had 51% of the vote, 56,260 votes. Ron DeSantis nearly squeaked out a winner there. 21.2%. And Nikki Haley, bird brain herself, had 19.1%. Other candidates, including our good... We we did have some supporters of the Vivek Ramaswamy. I was not a crazy supporter, but I like what he had to say. I think, Chris, you can agree. He had some great, great points sometimes. But uh, he had 7.7%. Uh, Mr. Ryan Binkley, I think we have, we actually never discussed him, uh, even in political circles. And Chris Christie had a whopping 35 votes and 0%. <laughs> All right, even Asa Hutchinson had more votes than Chris Christie in Iowa, if that tells you anything. And I, Asa Hutchinson dropped out probably like a month and a half before that. Yeah, yeah, nobody even knew so, Asa Hutchinson was even still around. So, And he wasn't. Uh, he was at the house. He was at the house chilling. So, Chris, I, I think we can discuss, but uh, Ron DeSantis did do the, the Grassley. And did he not? Yep. The, he, Which, uh, by the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all, 90, all 99 counties he hit there in the, uh, in the state of Iowa. He basically lived in Iowa here. All right. So I, I'm not going to accuse anyone of doing anything unlawful here. But so everyone understands here, the Never Back Down pack funneled money from his federal, his Florida campaign and spent it in Iowa. And the amount of money that has been forecasted to be spent by the Never Back Down pack, which, by the way, has laid off every single employee and cut off their war room team and is only doing spending money in South Carolina right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Completely, and, completely given up on New Hampshire. Completely given up Hampshire. on New Hampshire. And, and the fact of the matter is, Ron, I, his political career is over. Okay, just just finish being a governor. Which, by the way, if anyone's paying attention to politics, 
the Republicans lost, lost, just lost a seat in Florida because your absentee governor was out there, you know, campaigning in Iowa instead of helping the GOP win a campaign seat or not a, 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 a congressional seat in in Florida. So. In fairness, like before, before we move mm-hmm. on, like in fairness, mm-hmm. I, I I did read up on that a little bit. So that was a 2020. That was a Biden plus five district. Okay. Um, and it went for DeSantis by like 20. I think it was 22 percent. Uh, it was like DeSantis plus 22 in that district mm-hmm. in, in 2022. So I, I'm again, I'm not saying it's a red district or a it seems like it's more. It, uh, yeah, we lost. I mean. Republicans lost a seat, but is that we, a, don't, we can't we can't really lose too many more seats, dude, between leaving and retirements and everything else. We're done here. We're about to be toast here in about nine. That, months that was a <laughs> that was a, that, that was a uh, that was a House seat in Florida. That wasn't a that wasn't a congressional seat. Yes, it was. That was a House seat in the the uh, that wasn't a House seat in the Florida. That was a House seat in Congress in D.C. I believe unless I read that completely uh, ass backwards think, there. Hold on a second. Hold on. Yeah, I think. All right, hold on. This is why this is why we're good, at the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. We throw accusations out there without doing our research. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we do all the good stuff. All right, hold on a second. Interactive polls. There. By the way, if anyone's looking for a really good polling aggregate on Twitter, they are the best. I get every single poll on there, and it's great. It doesn't matter which who makes it. All right, let's see where is it? Where is that congressional poll? Oh, that's the congressional seat out of Georgia, or California. All right, back to the square one of stupidity here. Yeah, it's a special. Oh, it's a yeah, it's a state house seat. Okay, you're you're right. See, this is what happens. <laughs> when we, welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast, where we throw false accusations out there all the time. <laughs> all right, we, that's what we do. All right, here we go. It's like you know, I didn't grab him by the whatever. All right, all right, all right. Um, so still, it, you know. The Sanctus still lost that seat, you know, and I, I know it's a pretty slim majority or a pretty big majority there in, in, in Florida, but I, I will say this. Uh, the amount of money, this is where I'm going with this conversation, Chris, and I think it's one that needs to be had, is that very important is that the amount of money that was excessively spent in Iowa by the campaigns and the super PACs for other candidates that were well under 20% is outrageous. Okay. I, I, I cannot fathom this conversational right now that we're about to have. It is by far the most expensive Iowa caucus on record. Okay. And ad buys alone. Okay. We're going to go through the ad buys, which are TV ads in the state. Okay. The amount of money was spent was $120 million just on ad buys. Just on ad 30-second ad runs on TV networks. Okay. It was 84 of the $120 million was spent by the campaigns themselves between Trump, Haley, and, and DeSantis. And the other allies spent a good portion of money. That's just on ad money. Uh, Americans for Prosperity, a super PAC backing Haley and finance in party by uh, the Koch brothers. They did a lot of work for Nikki Haley in Iowa 
it was excessive. It was excessive. The super PAC money that was spent in Iowa accumulated for Ron DeSantis close to $200 million. And that is between infrastructure, staffing. So that's why we're seeing a lot of this is, is being really, I think Ron's done to be, to be fair. Um, but here's the crazy thing about it. Donald Trump only spent $18 million in Iowa. Yep. 18 million. Now, obviously that's not including PAC money. That is mainly the campaign. And so there's probably some spend by the super PAC in Iowa. That's a little bit higher than that, but I don't see it being anywhere near as high as Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. So my thing is this, where they, they ran a tally on this during the broadcast on these, on the, Iowa caucus. I think Chris, you might've seen it. The amount of money spent per voter was a crazy, it was like $4,000 a voter for Ron DeSantis. If you look at the total money spent, where is the return on the investment there? Well, where do you see that? There's, there's no path forward and it's it's crazy. No, I mean, I I think, and and I listened to a few, I, I, I would listen to a few, you know, pundits talk maybe about, you know, what was kind of the, the goal, what was kind of the goal for each of the, the, the top candidates in, the, in this, um, you know, in this Iowa caucus and stuff. I think, I think Trump, I think, he, I think they'd said he wanted to win by about 30% and he was almost dead on the number of, of you know, right, almost, you know, basically at the number of, of winning at 30%. You know, I think DeSantis, I mean, yeah, they spent a ton of money, but I, I think second place was a. I think their goal was to not get beat by Nikki Haley. I think that was kind of the goal. Yeah, you know, which I mean, I think he he narrowly he narrowly yeah. did that. You know, I mean, it was yeah. it was by four hundred votes. I mean, that's that's narrow as narrow could be, and when it comes to a primary, and I mean, really, if you look at who the kind of the pendulum swing of who dropped out, who did this, who did that, Chris Christie not dropping out. You know, I would say within seven days of the primary of the caucus had a lot to do with some things as well. Not to mention his hot mic moment was by far the most hilarious mm. thing to listen to of all time, yeah. um, which basically and, said she's going to get her ass kicked and wasn't kidding. And, and another thing, too, people need to talk about as well, you know, with with Trump, you know, winning 98 of the 99 counties. You know, I don't think there was a ton of, you know, because you you can, you know, it's basically an open primary. So if you're a Democrat, mm-hmm. you can go in, switch your. No, it's not. It's a close. It's a closed. It's a closed one. The caucus, you have to be registered Republican to caucus. But you can do same day. What I'm saying. Yeah, you can still you can still register yeah. same day. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what? Yeah, so what? Register Republican. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that you could, um, you know, you could be a Democrat, be a Republican for a day go and vote for Nikki Haley. So her numbers, I mean, I'm not saying it's much, but her numbers are maybe a little bit inflated because, because, you know, there were some people who went in and voted Republican just to, just to, you know, obviously to try and stick it to Trump, but that wasn't going to be much, but also to kind of boost Haley's numbers. And I think, you know, when you look at Vivek and fourth, I mean, obviously he's, he's dropped out since and, and fully endorsed Donald Trump, president, you know, president Trump and has, been on the campaign trail with him. I mean, the fact that he's, you know, a relative unknown in political, in this political sphere, but he nearly broke, nearly broke 10%. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's again, it's not a win by any means. And, you know, it's, it's hey, still hey, Chris, small, real small. Quick, not, not to correct you on the caucus registration of party. 
but you have to be registered as a Republican before caucus night. So you mm. cannot do same day. Okay. That's the, That's, uh, yeah, you have to do it before and you have to be registered prior to caucus day. Yep. So good. And you it's cannot, weird. a Republic Republicans cannot participate in the Democratic presidential presidential primaries for them and vice versa. If you're registered at one party or the other, for you our, have for to our be folk, affiliated. For our folks listening on the Yankee cowboy podcast, we, we are, we truly do tape live and we find, uh, Sometimes we find things we've got to get clear. We, we are full of throwing shit at each other and saying, yeah. ha ha all the time. Yeah. Whether it's special <laughs> elections in Florida or, or the, uh, or the, the, the rules. For, itself, yeah. you know, it's, it's great. But, but getting back to Vivek real quick is, yeah. you know, the fact that he broke nearly broke 10% for a relative unknown, you know, who probably, I mean, I don't know. Do you know what his, what his spend was? I mean, it probably was. was uh, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty pe- sure there was, I, I don't think that's been, I don't think that's been out leaked. I'm not saying it's leaked out there yet, but. Uh, it, it really, I, I don't think it's been actually, let me see how much money he actually spent. See if I can find it. Cause I, I don't see, I don't think it's anywhere close to what the other top. No. spent. I, no. I think, any. I think what happened and this is the reason why he probably had to withdraw or suspend is really the the money dried up, man. You know, uh, you had to see a path forward, see a path forward into New Hampshire, which is a very open primary where you can, as an independent or a Democrat, can actually vote in the primary of the Republican Party. It 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 didn't really see a viable path past Iowa. And if he actually hit fifteen percent, if he if he legitimately was talking like if he hit that fifteen percent, he probably could have kept going. But because he only, you know, he was in the eight percentile and not above the double digits, that that kind of really kind of sealed the deal for that situation. I think he he is a definitely a force to be reckoned with on the campaign trail as a, you know, not a pundit, but as a, a, a however you want to use him in, in a sense of talking for the policy and in the way he communicates it isn't like Trump. So it's very, very as a as a millennial, I think both of us can relate to this. It, it not only resonates, but it sits and it's thoughtful and it's not sound like a complete politician windbaggery. And, you know, and you can sit there and understand where he's coming from. Do you agree with every single thing that he says? Probably not. But at the same token, I, I have to give the man credit for credits due. He did a pretty decent job with very very limited amount of name recognition. I think that was probably his biggest um not or knock against him in a sense or bone to pick with him was no one knew who he was. And by the time it was all said and done, Chris, I think we both understood that the Iowa voter really knew who he was. They got to know him. And that was a good thing. I I, I see a future for him uh in the party going forward, regardless if he likes it or not. I see him being the next uh, chairman of the Republican National Party uh, based on how he handles himself. I think he's a great orator and I think he communicates well the issues in a very precise and deliberate manner. I think that's uh, I think what kind of got him and got also got Ron involved in this and I, I don't care about the I mean I can kick a dead horse in the mouth as much as I want about Ron but he didn't have a policy that he, that he himself created. 
that weren't that weren't that, that weren't Trump esque or America first policies. Mm-hmm. So the, the design of the campaign, I'm sorry for the both of them, Vivek and, and Ron. It's it, it's very clear, right? It's a very clear message, right? Nikki, I I think she's trying to kind of appeal to moderates too much. And unfortunately, this party ain't moderate by any means when it comes to the voter electorate right now. What this is a, what this result was, Chris, was a loud message to the uniparty of the country that this man's coming back. Regardless if you like him or not, he's coming. That train, he's that conductor. And if you want to stay on the tracks when the Trump train's coming through, that's on you. Hope everyone's ready because it's coming. <laughs> like, I, I think this man, what really blows me away about Trump in this whole scenario wasn't about anything on the campaign trail is the man's schedule is is full. And he's still doing what he's doing. You know, um, today, obviously, you know, the other's recording, he had the funeral of his mother-in-law and he still had trial for uh, a civil trial that is meaningless to him. Um, it's another attack on his character, but that's just, yeah, it's going to call you know, it's going to be another blowback in his, in his media PR, but I, I, I think, don't think it is. I think, I, I think it's at this point, it's, Oh, everyone there, you know, everybody already knows how crazy this is. This, this is yeah. becoming one after the other. It's, it's becoming ridiculous at this point. Um, it just, <laughs> it's just by far the, the schedule never stops. I, mean, I, I think you've probably seen video of him, but he was literally landing at LaGuardia at like 3.30 in the morning. And it's snowing and, you know, it, it, and he's landing and going home and sleeping for a couple hours before he has to go to court. You know, it's like, I get it. I think a lot of us that are adults and, and grind out two jobs and understand that the man is going to do what he's going to do. And I think Ron needs to bow out. But I also think Trump needs to be open minded, which I I hate to say that word open minded. Uh, I think he needs to have a sit down conversation with Ron. And, and squash whatever was done. And I know I that's not Trump. That's not Trump's way of doing things. He's going to hold that grudge as long as he can. Because to him, loyalty means a lot more than a lot of other politicians and grifters out there. So for the good of the party, I think Ron DeSantis, we're talking about VP picks. He still needs to be considered a, a possible nominee. Uh, do I enjoy saying that after he's a traitor? No. Absolutely not. Um, but reality is reality. I believe the ticket is stronger with a Ron DeSantis on the ticket as a VP. But Christy Nome is out there as well, Chris. And I think. Yeah, I mean. She's probably yeah. the leading candidate in my view. I know everyone's like, oh, Carrie Lake. And I'm like, Carrie Lake's running for Senate again. So or governor, one of the two. In, in Arizona, uh, I think, so I mean, if we want to go through real quick as we get towards yeah. the, the back half of the episode, I, I think, I think, I think DeSantis is probably out. In my, this is my opinion. Um, he's out by the end of North Carolina. He's out by New out by end of New Hampshire. I think. Yeah, no, I think. Yeah, I I, th- I think he. I mean, I don't think the chances of him running, um, or him being a, a VP can. I think that's. I think that ship sailed. Um, 
but I, I see just kind of looking, I think, I think Elise Stefanik's probably, I think she's probably the top, probably the top choice for Trump. I think at this point is probably Elise Stefanik. Then I'd say Christy Nome for sure is probably n- number two. I mean, the biggest thing you want out of a VP pick is someone who's not going to go up there and make a, a fool of themselves. You want someone who can, you know, again, you're going to, you, you have to have someone who's gonna not to there. say that you want to be Kamala Harris and talk yeah. in circles. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah. When it comes down to it, you're going to have to have someone who's, I mean, it's not the bar set very low, but you have someone who needs to go up there and debate Kamala Harris. So, um, you know, but when I look at some I, of the, I, I didn't, I never really thought about Elise Stefanik to be honest with you. And it's not against anything knock against her. Um, I think collectively, I think the both of us can understand that at least Stefanik is a leading member of the of the party in the conference, and and I understand that. But just like Mike Pence, we didn't really know his visual points on the national stage, and he did pretty well for himself. Yeah, I mean, you some know? other names. If you want to just throw them out there, I mean, Tim Scott. I I doubt it. Um, Sarah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, she's still in her first term as governor of Arkansas. I don't see that. Byron Donalds. I feel like he's got more of a future, you know, as potentially as a, as a senator, you know, definitely get in the U.S. Senate. Um, uh, yeah, Carrie Lake, I, that's, that's not going to happen, obviously. So, I mean, I think to me, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, one, one name that kind of stood out to me that maybe was a, another long shot. I know people said Tucker Carlson will you know, that's listen, that's as much as I, I would enjoy that immensely, I would yep. enjoy that emphatically. Yeah. Uh, I would as a fan, I would, because I think at this point, then everyone would be just smiling and going. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. You know, like I, I understand the political chops and everything, but it, it, it's it, to me, it's really a difference of. OK, why hasn't Christy Noem, Tulsi Gabbard is another one. Um, you want to talk about flipping the the people on their their head? Pick Tulsi. You want to see how yeah, fast the Democratic know. Party flips on their shit and, and flips their shit because she's talking more like a conservative every day. Um, yeah. Hell, even talk- pick 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 old good boy Fetterman out of uh, Fetter. Did you see the video of Fetterman recently? Yes, I. He, I just he, he's, he's a troll. He is a he is a meme. He's meme worthy. I swear yeah. that man's getting better by the day. Yep. Walking by, walking by a protest or walking around the Israel, this way with the Israel flag. Nice yep. job there, troll. Um, I, last oh, thing, I think, I think one, one person. I mean, again, long shot here. He was, he was a former, you know, obviously from former Trump cabinet guy. Who I thought could be a good one, but I think he lacks a little. I mean, he's very smart, but he lacks charisma. I think is is Doctor Ben Carson. I think he he does, be, he does, he does, he does, he does, he does uh, lack the charisma chops. Andrew Whitaker, I, I think he's going to be the next uh, attorney general in the country when he when Trump gets back in the White House. That's for sure. Um, I see Vivek, Vivek with a uh, uh, a cabinet position where it'd be commerce or 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 you know, finance hack. or something, treasury yep. or something. Yep. I don't. I mean, everyone's like, oh, I think Leo Leo two is is emphatically against Vivek. And here here's my take on that, and it's pretty simple. There was some drama going on the last couple of days of Iowa that didn't really make a lot of sense to a lot of everyday voters, but like the campaign operatives got all butthurt about it. And that's fine because they're campaign operatives. We ourselves as regular people can care less about that crap. 
we ourselves want a candidate that can pretty much lay the lay the groundwork and do the job. Can Vivek do that? Is he worthy of a VP nod? Uh, he very well might be. But at the same point, Trump also needs the women vote, the independent vote, and I think the millennial vote in the Gen X is coming. And that's coming around. Mm-hmm. So I think right now, if you look at the polls nationally, Trump is tight. It's within the margin of error right now with Biden. Yes, they're showing some polls that are polling, you know, five to 10 points higher. That very well be, could be true. But you got to think that you're down and you got to keep you, you got to keep the pedal to the metal here and run up that number. I think Trump can do that in the, in the, in the general election. The problem is right now his schedule is full and he's got to be selective on his scheduling. So I think that's probably, I mean, New Hampshire, he's obviously, you know, he's in New York a lot for these trials and things like that. It's a quick flight to New Hampshire, right? Do a weekend thing. Uh, I think that's pretty self-explanatory, but once you get down to the Carolinas, super Tuesday, stuff like that, I I think you're going to see a very large cry. I think Chris, I think we can both agree with this. After New Hampshire and maybe South Carolina, I think there's going to be a very large coalescing of circling the wagon saying, this is our guy. Let's stop this charade and let's go. Okay. I think I don't, I don't care about anything about debates anymore, but with Trump not actually going to any of these debates, it proved his point because the media doesn't give a shit about guys that are going to finish second and third. We saw in the ratings with a town hall meeting with, with Donald Trump. He was on Fox with Brett Baer and Martha McCallum and got double the ratings than Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. He's the leading yeah. candidate in the party by far. Also, if you haven't noticed a lot of his speeches lately, he's not really doing the windbaggery stuff. He sounds a little repetitive, obviously, because it's a stump speech. But a lot of the issues and topics of conversation that he brings up are very new, different things. Uh, financial, you know, Bitcoin and and things like that, and and other 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 conflicts of topics of conversation, very different, and I think that's very unique to him. He can also answer questions on a whim. He does not care. That man can transition. There, it's like watching a bus ride in a city bus. There is no transition. Just blurt out in traffic. He don't care. Um, the thing about that is that's the difference between him and Biden. He can. He can pivot on a dime and answer 15 questions and he doesn't care. And Biden will sit there in his basement. Here's the difference that Biden doesn't have this time. He doesn't have COVID protecting him. So Trump will all be out there blitzing the country, campaigning, and running up the vote in Michigan and Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, while Biden's sitting in the basement. Watch how this goes around well, this time, dude. Like, I think we see. I mean, who knows? That's why I think a lot of people look at 2024 and are like, what's going to happen here? So that man's going back into the White House is what's going to happen. And when he does, you know, a lot of us are voting for him again because we don't have to worry about it. Yes. Is he mean? We're voting for mean tweets 2024, dude. Really? I, I can care less what anyone says. The man doesn't give a shit about your views. His work ethic doesn't stop where your feelings begin. The man just goes. So if that's what it takes to be a president of the United States and say what's on your mind, and yes, it's a little controversial, 
Okay. So what? Gets the job done. Does it affect you on a personal level? I don't know yet. Policy is what it is. But I do know one thing. Uh, we were way better off with him in office than the old sippy cup here. So I appreciate everyone joining me. I know, Chris, me and you have both been talking windbaggery here uh, with the Iowa caucus. We got any good things coming around the corner? I know we got Daytona, NASCAR, silly season. Which, by the way, I think we both lost track of who went where, when, how, uh, since all that happened. But yeah, well, maybe we'll, we'll next. We'll figure it all we'll out. Do a you little, know, do a little season, little season preview. Yep, that'd be nice. All right, everybody, I appreciate you joining us. Have a good rest of your week. It's a nice special Thursday edition, by the way, because uh, surprisingly, Chris and myself are both off on a Thursday evening. Surprisingly, uh, <laughs> Chris, thank you for joining me, bud. As always. Appreciate it. All righty, everybody. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Facebook.